0: Stories, big guess the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Brinkenridge, weekdays twelve thirty to three,
1: seven seventy CHQR. After a fairly busy summer in Alberta politics, with the UCP merger vote and then the UCP leadership race, we are facing the beginning of a new chapter. In certainly provincial politics in the province, and that's involving a unified official opposition that is going to, for the most part unified, we'll get into some of the little nooks and crannies of that in a moment, but for the most part a much larger opposition to the government, a new leader, a new direction going forward. And some other changes that we're seeing in the legislature itself. Actually, CBC had an interesting piece looking at all of the different movements the people that are sitting as independents, the people that are now sitting with the Alberta Party, the new cabinet minister in the NDP government who was formerly a PC MLA, Sandra Jansen. We've got all of these other things. One of the distinctions, though, is Derek Fildebrandt, the MLA for Strathmore Brooks, sitting as an independent. Now, I wanted to bring in Derek Fildebrandt on the show to talk about the road forward here for the UCP and for him in this new year, and this new session of the legislature. Derek Fildebrandt, good to talk to you, sir. Thanks for coming on the show today. Hey, thanks for having me. Now, look, you had what I think anyone would characterize as a, a pretty lackluster or at least less than ideal summer. I know in August there was a, a slew of uh, stories in the media that ended up with your departure from the, at that point, newly formed UCP caucus still an independent. What's happening?
0: Yeah, no, I decided uh, to take a step back during the summer. Um, you know, I, uh, I, I I had made a couple mistakes uh, that I have you know, take responsibility for um, and uh, and corrected, but uh, then it all culminated. There was a a minor administrative traffic ticket that uh, the media tried to blow into something it wasn't. Uh, I got a ticket in the mail and appealed it like a speeding ticket, and uh, that concludes in December in a in a traffic court. And so, um, when uh, when traffic court is completed, uh, my intention is to sit down with uh, with. Our new leader Jason Kenney and my colleagues from the UCP caucus and have uh, discussed returning to to the party I care so much about.
1: You're characterizing it in a lot more of a benign way than hit and run, which is the term that's circulating.
0: Yeah, yeah, that uh, generally refers to um, actively, you know, hitting someone or something with your vehicle and fleeing the scene. Uh, the uh, without getting into too many of the details of it, uh, someone uh, I think mistakenly. I uh, bumped into their bumper with uh, my truck at Edmonton a year and a half ago, uh, while well, uh, sc- leaving street parking. Um, I did. I know where I was at the time, and uh, I, I, it's my expectation. Well, we'll see what happens, but my expectation that'll be thrown out. So it's a, it's a minor uh, traffic act violation. Still take it seriously, but it's uh, it's pretty much in the same vein as a speeding ticket. The one appeals, but uh, I think uh, some of the media decided to call that a hit and run. Work into running a person over or hitting a vehicle while you're driving
1: i think the most unfortunate part about this for you is obviously the timing this was coming when people were still dealing with the airbnb rental that you did reimburse the government for and also further to that the, the the double billing on meal expenses a small amount but still for a guy who's always held himself up as the crusader for the taxpayers does this compromise the mandate that you were really elected for having this even if it is in the past and you're moving on does this mm-hmm. compromise your legitimacy to your constituents?
0: Uh, well, I, I spent a lot of time speaking with my constituents uh, one-on-one. I've made hundreds and hundreds of phone calls, spoken to thousands of people in my constituency. And the vast majority, I think, are understanding. Um, and I'd to be clear, there was never a reimbursement because I never, uh, you know, I, I rented my place. I was in Edmonton like uh, quite a few other MLAs did. I just did so openly and was the only one to pay taxes on it. But uh, I, I recognize that uh, folks didn't think that was the right thing to do. And so what I did is I I had made uh, $2,500 a year from changing sheets and cleaning toilets in my apartment. Uh, And uh, what I did is I took that uh, $2,500 and donated it to the provincial debt. So it was actually a net plus. It uh, was never a reimbursement. Um, But, yeah, no, there had been a series of things. Uh, Double billing was $192 over two and a half years. There had been some administrative errors in the office for um and i'd have a christmas dinner for my staff in edmonton and then uh you know accidentally someone had processed uh that i'm supposed to be paid for being away and in the capital that year uh, that that day so that worked out to 192 bucks over two and a half years it's a small amount of money but it's still important that we value every single tax dollar because the small stuff does matter and we have to lead by example i heard jeremy farkas on your show yesterday that's a great example of uh, of a public official leading uh by example i and i've really built um what i believe in public service on in doing that i worked hard to make sure we uh canceled a lot of the perks and payments for alberta politicians and federal politicians reforming the federal pension plan these are things i really believe in so i was um you know it uh, it definitely did uh bother me when uh there was uh for some odd reason uh over a four-day period three three things that just came up uh, seemingly out of nowhere and but nonetheless, I uh, you know I faced the music, took responsibility, answered to my constituents. I've spoken to them, uh, and and they overwhelmingly want me to move forward, serve the people of Strathmore Brooks, and uh, and to rejoin the UCP because I know people in my constituency uh, that's a party they overwhelmingly supported the creation of. And uh, and and my role in that. And they, I, don't, I don't think they want to see uh, their MLA on the sidelines.
1: When you did step down from caucus, one of the comments you said was that you were basically putting the UCP's growth as a young party forward as the first priority there. When you go back into that caucus, assuming that happens, and, and Jason Kenny has said once the legal issues are behind, that's something he's open to what will you do to make sure this doesn't dog that party? Cause it sounds like you don't have anything bad to say about the UCP itself, but how will you make sure that it, they aren't tarnished by this stuff that even if you're trying to move beyond it personally is still out there?
0: Well, as I said, I take, I take responsibility, but I think, uh, you know, people have to take things uh, beyond just the headlines of what the media say, or, or what the NDP say people, we should remember this all happened in the context of, of a leadership race and all the machinations that take place in that, um, I didn't want it to distract. We are a brand new party. I didn't want it to distract from the leadership race. That leadership race is now over. Um, but you know, I I live according to uh, how I preach for for public service. I uh, I pay for a lot, as many MLAs do. I pay for a lot out of pocket uh, because I love doing the job. It's a privilege to do it, and we're we're paid very well to do it. Um, you know, I think it's 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 very reasonable. What we're paid. We don't need to get any more than we do. Um, but you know, what I've done is take responsibility and face the music for it but what i'm not going to do is um you know give in to what the ndp want which is uh for me to go away i'm not going to uh allow them to continue to drive this province into the ditch and and try to distract with uh with, with shiny objects like we're seeing in the last little bit here.
1: You were in the leadership race, a very vocal supporter of Jason Kenney, and obviously now this is crunch time for whether not just caucus members, which most have without issue, but, but whether voters in Alberta can unite behind him. Why is he the one that is able to really drive that path forward and, and stand up for these values? I mean, why is it that he's the guy that you're confident can do that?
0: Well, I've known Jason for a long time. Um you know, I've, I, I've known him long before I got into politics. We both came from the Canadian Taxpayers Federation and, and similar positions just at very different times. I was, I was uh, still in elementary school by the time he finished with the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. But um, he, he is pro- Jason is probably one of the smartest individuals to ever run for office. Uh, but he's not just book smart. He's also street smart and politically smart. He has performed a near miracle uh, in this province, several miracles. He's, he has uh, He came in. With was a bold plan. He told everybody in advance, no one can accuse this guy of having a secret agenda. He said to everybody exactly what he was going to do and how he was going to do it, and he executed on it. He won the PC leadership in a race that was very deliberately and obviously rigged to stop him from winning, and he won it 75 percent of the vote. He managed to unite uh, the Wild Rose and Progressive Conservative parties against elites in both parties that did everything they could to stop it. And then he won uh, the leadership of our new United Conservative Party with a decisive manner. Um, I think he has what it takes. You know, first he united the parties that he's united conservatives, and I think he has now what it takes to, to unite all Albertans. Because now we have to reach beyond just the the, conser- the you know the conservative activists. Base. We now have to reach out to every Albertan you know, who believes in individual liberty and free enterprise and responsible government expenditures and try to bring them under a single unified banner moving into the next election.
1: You look at MLAs like Sandra Jansen, who I'd say is far more aligned with what has always been her rightful place now, but still an MLA who left in in part over protest of this Kennyism within the now the UCP. You look at Richard Stark as well, another MLA making a very similar call. Is there a concern that Jason Kenny is of a, of a persuasion that is going to lose support that's always been there?
0: No, I don't think so. I mean, uh, the United Conservative Party and again, don't put too much into polls, but you know, the United Conservative Party has consistently polled extremely strongly for for a long time now before and after our creation. Um, you know, look, I respect the choices of every individual MLA in to do what what they think is best. Uh, Dr. Starkey, uh, we have different politics. Um you know i'm not sure we're the same kind of conservative and that's okay and he's gonna he he made a decision that i think he he probably thinks is best for his constituents and his and his conscience and and that's okay uh sandra jansen i think it's pretty clear there was a cabinet uh job as a quid pro quo for her actions and she'll have to speak uh to her constituents in the next election i hope um
1: for that she waited uh, almost uh, a year uh, for that cabinet post in fairness if that was a quid pro quo it took a while
0: Yes, we've certainly seen uh, much more cynical floor crossings before, but uh, n- nonetheless, um, you know uh, that's that's a decision for her to make, and uh, I you know I believe in the right to recall uh, your MLA. I, I I think you should have the right to, to leave or change parties. I think constituents should have the right to recall their MLA if they disagree with that, um, but we don't have that power here. So I I, I think that her constituents are are going to be looking forward to making a judgment on that in the next election. But, you know, uh, not everybody has to be a part of this party. I don't think there's an... Ob- no one has an obligation to, to join the United Conservative Party. If you are from the Wild Rose and the former progressive Conservatives and you don't feel it's for you, well, I want to reach out to you, and I know Jason wants to reach out to you, see what we can do to make you see if, if you can see yourself in this party. But if at the end of the day you decide that it's not for you, I, that's okay. I mean, it's okay to have more than one political party in a province, it's okay to have a diversity of views within and without parties. And, uh, you know, those who decide this is not what's for them, I I wish them the best.
1: I have to ask you about one of the pieces that's going forward now. Obviously, the NDP uh, really coming out hard on on gay-straight alliances here. Do you think this is a significant issue, or is this the NDP playing to uh, really that cynical wedge politics we've seen from so many levels of government before?
0: Well, I, I haven't had a chance to read the bill in detail. It was just tabled uh, Thursday afternoon. Um, so I, I haven't had a chance to read it myself. Um, but, I, you know, I, I can only see just the way, you know, it's been reported in the media and whatnot. And I'll, be, I'll be looking at it in more detail on Monday. Um, but I'll, I'll say two things. Uh, one is, you know, we need to protect our youth and make sure they're safe and that they have a, a safe learning and home environment. And I can just imagine how difficult it would be for gay and lesbian kids uh it's difficult enough being a teenager uh to begin with but having that curveball thrown at you is just got to make life all the more difficult and we need to support them but at the same time i don't uh, I, I don't like politics that is very intentionally meant to just drive wedge issues wedges between people uh, the ndp's economic record and fiscal record is disastrous and they're doing everything they can to distract people from that and uh you know I, i'm a parent of a, of a very young girl um uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll love her and support her no matter who or what she is. But I, I, I can't think of a reason to want to, to separate me from my child in any way to, to, to lessen the role I have in her life. Nobody loves their parents, uh, their, their children, more than their parents. Uh, no government loves children more than their parents. The government should be there to, to, to protect children, uh, but I don't think it should be intentionally trying to drive wedges between people.
1: But is that really the line that you think the UCP needs to be upholding? Focus on the fiscal record. Focus on the province's economic performance between now and May 2019.
0: Well, I think those are those are the most important issues. But we do have to address, uh, you know, issues of, of our, our of children's safety and making sure that that particularly vulnerable kids, uh, like gay and lesbian students, are protected. Um, there, there's no way that we should. You know leave them in the cold like to, they have a gay and lesbian students uh, or kids are have a significantly higher rate of suicide and uh and, and other addictions issues and homelessness and that needs to be acknowledged and that's something we need to, to take on but we should not be this is one of those issues where i really don't think we should be trying to politicize between parties i mean you know, we, we can fight uh until the cows come home on what taxes and spending should be our economic policies But this is a particularly fragile area, and I'd I'd be very loathe for any political party in the province to try and use kids in one direction or another as as a political tool.
1: So you're back. You're here for the long haul now.
0: Absolutely. That's what my constituents told me they want, and that's what I'll be standing for.
1: Derek Fildebrand, MLA for Strathmore Brooks, currently an independent. Derek, good to talk to you. Thanks for coming on the show today. Thanks for your time. All right. Have a great weekend. When we come back, what do you think? Is he coming back swinging, and is he a welcome voice? If someone's going to stand up for small government for lower taxes, and someone is going to take accountability, which he says he is, what more do you need from them? What more do you want from them? That's what I want to ask you. 403-974-8255, 403-974-8255. Andrew Luton here in for Rob on Afternoons on News Talk 770.